I remember talking to a woman and she told me that for the first month she sat on a pillow on a filing cabinet. And I thought, we we can do better she than what? that. She sat on a pillow on a filing cabinet? Mm-hmm. That was her that was her seat. And then she had her, her makeshift desk or table or something. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hi, and thanks for listening. This is Exit 118, and I'm not Darlene. And I'm Emily. Welcome to our podcast where we share ramblings about pop culture, all things New River Valley, including Blacksburg, Christiansburg, Virginia Tech, and the Hokies. So today, Emily, we have a couple of significant things to mention. The first, it's our 30th podcast episode. Wow, the big 30. That's exciting. And it brings to mind that it's another celebration to celebrate during kind of a weird time in the world. It is. That is for sure. It's definitely weird. It's it's also weird that we've reco- we've made it through 30. Don't you think? We had 30 things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it started as just a random idea in your office one day. And here we are. What? How, 30 episodes, but over the span of what? Three years? Should I should know that, and I don't. I've maybe it's two, maybe no. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it's three. Yeah, that's my coronavirus brain working, where I can't right figure things out. Well, and during the pandemic, we've done the last what four, not even in the same room together. Yeah, that is true. And we had a special guest too. My hubby came on and uh, spoke <gasps> about some right. TV stuff. We also had the addition of our official unofficial intern. Yes, the official unofficial intern has made the being in separate spaces uh, a possibility because I don't know how to do all these things. So you guys guide me through that. We also have a mascot of sorts that you've added to your family. That's right. We have Georgia joining us and she's she's one of our new pups because between us, we like pups yeah we do yeah we do something we don't like and something that's not so exciting and joyous we're about a year a year into this global pandemic can you believe it's been this long for us i mean i think i think it formally started around this time it was on the west coast by this time but last year this time we were just living our lives you know it's kind of strange it feels like this pandemic has gone on for multiple years obviously it's only been a one year but also that this one year has gone by way quicker than it should have if that makes sense I think it makes sense to me. One of the things that it makes me think about is a quote that I use a lot when I'm talking about parenting, um, because that also is um, exhausting and challenging. Um, <laughs> but it's that the the days are long, but the years are short. Someone told me that when my son was young, and um, I have found it to be really true. It, when we're in the thick of it every day, trying to figure out how to do what we were doing before, whether it was work or home but having to do it in different ways, it was a struggle. Like I was mentally tired a lot of 2020 for sure. But in other ways, I look back on it now and it's like, wow, that that actually did go by kind of quickly. So I think that makes sense to me. It's really kind of wild because I look back at what I was doing about a year ago Mm -hmm. and, and I just think we didn't really know what was fully ahead. 
I think it's safe to say that, that, that that's a bit of a blanket statement, but it can probably apply to most of us. And maybe we didn't quite understand what it meant to be in a pandemic, you know, because like who's ever been in one before? Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, I can remember talking to uh, my office staff about it. And one of my staff members, I'll never forget it because I had already, I had just come to the realization, but she said, um, well, it's not like we'll close the building or anything. And, oh. you know, as you know, we did close our building and, and we did close our offices. And um, but that was so beyond what we could wrap our minds around a year ago. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about something that I did about a year ago. It was one of the last normal things, at, at, right? Because normal, you know, for us is uh, just living life, going out here, celebrating this, um, going to concerts, doing this, doing that. So in our, in our group of friends, there is one person who has a birthday in March and we went out and actually drove to West Virginia and celebrated that person's birthday in a restaurant. At the time, West Virginia didn't have any kind of restrictions or any reported cases. But at the same time, I think maybe it was a, I don't want to say like a smokescreen, but it wasn't necessarily legitimate because they weren't doing a lot of testing. So how do you have cases if you don't have the testing? So um, so we had gone out to eat and it was a somewhat normal situation. We were all indoors, but I remember feeling somewhat my uh, alertness was a little bit higher. It was a little more mm-hmm. peaked because I kept thinking, who's going to sit next to us? Are they going to put people next to us? I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. It was still a birthday. We still celebrated. We had, you know, the um, the food and we, we, sh- we actually all shared the dessert, which... In my head, I was like, is this a good idea? I'm not sure. Because I didn't know. I didn't know. And then the following weekend, boom, everything shut down. Yeah, I think um, I can remember February being pretty normal. And the beginning of March, starting to have questions uh, in 2020. I did go to a work event in um, like early March. And we sat at those like round tables like you do and you put, you know, five or six people at a table or even more sometimes. And, you know, we shared a microphone and and sort of did things like that. It was a kind of a larger gathering. And we had um, a dinner club event, which was literally the last thing that I did with a group of people. Just like you were saying, we went to a, a restaurant and we had no idea that one week later restaurants would would not you know function the way that we had always known in our lifetime so yeah that was probably one of the last normal things that i did was um i had we had like a dinner a dinner group get together of people that all um do similar work so that we could talk about some you know similar issues and that was definitely the last event that I was a part of that wasn't, you know, outside or with masks or 
I didn't think about social distancing at the time. There's so much we didn't know then. We've both kind of experienced that that social thing, that last little social thing that we did. What do you miss the most? It's really hard to say exactly what I miss the most because I think in different parts of my life there's different things. Um, I used to love to take car trips to go and visit my family back home. I like mm-hmm. driving in the car a long time. I like just sort of popping in and visiting friends. And so that element is definitely one of the things I never really realized. And I think you'll be able to relate to this. I, I've always enjoyed going to particularly concerts, but also sporting events. Oh, yeah. I never realized how much sort of energy you know, you get and the sort of high basically that you get from both going to football games and basketball games. And I really took them for granted for sure. Um, But I think basketball season, especially because you know how quickly sometimes you can have two games in a week, you can have, you know, a lot going on. And we would be like, okay, hurry up and finish dinner so we can get on to the game. And, um, I think at the time I thought like, whoa, this is a lot and it's kind of exhausting me, but really it was kind of, it was giving me energy, you know, to, to be able to go and, um, you know, cheer for the Hokies and it just sort of, I don't know. I think it's a fun winter activity too. You know, think about it this time of year, being in Castle is one of the most fun and energizing things you can do. It is. And, and I'm not one to enjoy necessarily being around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm completely like crowd phobic or anything like that, but um, you're, you're right. It does give you energy. It's something to look forward to. It's very exciting. And especially now with how well they're doing. Yeah. You hear the coaches talk about, um, there was one game at least with men's basketball where Coach Young Um, was talking to the refs because they were getting on the bench about how exuberant they were. And I just thought, what? And he was disappointed in in a ruling, I guess, where the refs were like, you guys need to calm it down. And Coach Young's like, "Uh, this is just, this is all we've got right (laughs) now. Why can't we do this? You know? Yeah. And so it it was kind of like, yeah, he has a really good point. They've got a small slew of people in that building with them and they they're getting energy from themselves. So why why stop that? You know, why not let it play out? Let them have fun. Let them cheer on their teammates in the way that they really want to, because they're going through a tough time overall, just being COVID times and no one being there. I can't imagine what it's like, but also I do take a pause every once in a while and just think of how happy I am for them that they're getting to play, knowing what like the high schools have been going through and knowing what we didn't know back in the fall for football and all the cancellations and changed games. I've been really happy for men's and women's basketball that it's basically continued on especially for us it's you know we've been having great seasons and that that's exciting too because you really want them to have some kind of bright spot because think of what they have to go through it was already hard enough to be a student athlete but you know to layer on restrictions who you can and can't be around if you're going to try to stay well and um, it's a lot for them I'm really happy for them 
Oh, and quickie shout out to men's basketball. Did you see the post about how the entire team made, I think, the athletic director's honor roll? I did see that. And um, a friend of mine is actually in the student academic advising office. And so I gave her an extra shout out because um, I know that men's basketball is one of her teams. And that's that's a pretty cool job for some people to do I definitely could not do it but if you know anything about (laughs) what they what they try to set up um academic advisors for athletes it's a really great program um but phew just you know with traveling and Mm -hmm. all the things they do they do need sort of this concierge of sorts which is what that position I think ends up being a little bit like but yeah they it's a great group of guys and it's uh they've got some great support too so That's pretty exciting. So I guess that would be some of the highlights then are things like this. I feel like if we just find those little moments Mm -hmm. of joy, I mean, there there are things that can be happy and joyous. Yes, we know it's a pandemic and we know people have passed and people have gotten sick and who knows what the future holds but the things to me that I feel like just need to bring you a little bit of joy Mm -hmm. um, are the little things I tried to keep a little bit of a journal of things because um, it's really easy to grieve all the things that we were missing right like sports and concerts and going to the movies and you know there was a lot but I found that um, and I know one of these things on my list is something that you I don't know if it's normally something you look forward to but um, I definitely sewed more this year and I love sewing um, but I don't usually make time for it so um, we had plenty I had plenty of fabric so um made masks and um you know dusted off my sewing machine and have kind of kept it out because you might need to do a mask repair or something like that and here's a fun uh adulting tidbit I ended up having to buy a new iron which um, look at how did you hear how excited I got for you Ooh, a new iron well I've I've never bought an iron before. Like that's what I realized last year when I was doing it. Like I got an iron as a graduation gift, um, which I used. I don't know whenever I needed an iron. My mom gave me an iron one year that she got free, and between those two irons, post high school that they they'd taken me all the way till now. I went to use the second one. It was dead, and bought my first iron this year. So that was. That felt like kind of exciting, weirdly. That is actually that is weirdly <laughs> exciting, but I I can understand that that mm-hmm. feeling. And you know, you were speaking of sewing. I have not actually sewn a real thing, uh-huh. and by real I mean okay. So I've sewn things like uh, things that are rectangular, like a pillow, sure, or like a little draft thingy to go under the crack of the door. Mm-hmm. Right to keep the the cold air from coming in, that kind of a thing. I had not really sewn sewn something and followed a pattern since eighth grade. Mm. And here I was at this sewing machine, trying to make masks, thinking, "Do you even know what you're doing?" And my eighth grade home economics teacher, her name was Miss Bailey, 
for a while there I couldn't remember it and I was like it's Miss Bailey Miss Bailey all of her lessons started flooding back (laughs) and I was so proud of myself because I just thought wow look at you actually sewing and understanding you know what the markings on the sewing machine meant how to do this how to do that I even broke a couple of needles which sounds like, oh my gosh, what a terrible thing. But I've never sewn so much that I've broken a needle. So it was like, yeah, look at me. I'm like a real official sewing person. <laughs> so I was very amused with myself. Well, I, I love sewing. Um, I, it, it's very therapeutic for me. My grandmother was a really fantastic sewer. And until she passed away about 10 years ago, Um, I would call her and say, I need to do such and such. And she would say, oh, well, here's what you'll need. And she would tell me which type of needle to use and which type of fabric to use and, you know, all the ins and outs and watch out for this. And so it was really a fun bond that we had. And after she passed away, I definitely found myself sewing less and less. But of course, you know, I had a small child at the time. It's something I've always liked to do, but just never really made the time for it. I didn't use any patterns. I just sort of made my own. So I don't know if I'm as uh, far advanced as you, but... um, I am very impressed with you that you had, you just were like, I'm going to make a mask and uh, this is what it's going to look like when I'm done. (laughs) How? How does your brain do that? Well, I watched a couple of YouTubes and got the idea. And then, you know, if you're doing a pleated mask, it's basically a rectangle, right? That you're going to flip around and and stitch down. And then if you're doing the um, sort of the more fitted ones, once you got the shape for that, which is sort of like a, I don't know, like an ice cream cone shape kind of. Just try a few. And everyone's face is a little bit different. So if it was maybe too big for me, it worked good for my husband. And then I would know to make it smaller the next time for me. Are some of the practices that we're doing now, are they going to stick around now that they've had their time to kind of play out and yeah oh, this actually works and you know things like telemedicine um mm-hmm. working from home wearing your mask just in general when you're sick and curbside takeout that's kind of a frivolous one but still has an impact yeah. on business owners right what do you think out of out of some of those things or even one of your own mm-hmm. what's going to stick around I really hope that all the things with telemedicine stick around, um, particularly some of um, what has grown about as far as counseling and mental health services. I think that that's something that has been um, talked about more and hopefully destigmatized more. So I really hope that's something that, that sticks around and we continue to improve upon for people because that's definitely something that, I mean, sure, we've all maybe had the option to telemedicine, like, hey, I've got this, you know, rash on my leg kind of thing. But I think that the expanded version of it for mental health is also pretty cool. I'm also not sad that you can get curbside margaritas because I... (laughs) I make a pretty good margarita, but, you know, someone else, if you can go to Cabo Fish Taco and get an amazing dinner plus the margarita to take home, I don't know. I think it's sort of a win-win because we supported local businesses, but we still got to have that sense of normalcy. 
And that can be cool for no matter what you have going on in your life. Maybe you have small kids. Maybe someone's sick at home. Maybe, you know, um, someone can't go out as easily because they have accessibility issues. So I think that while the world pivoted a little bit for maybe one reason, I think there's other ways that it helps people. So what do you think? Well, I think, and and I think maybe this is just a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. Wearing a mask when you're sick Mm -hmm. And I and I know that's not going to fly with a lot of people for whatever reason, but in you might notice that a lot in Asian culture that they that's something that you just do. Yeah. You know, as a preventative thing. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if those habits like that when even you have a common cold, right? But you feel well enough to be at work, I wonder if you would then bust out your mask, keep everybody else safe, mm-hmm. and just be taking it to a different level. I'm curious about that. I don't know if it'll lock in the United States, but maybe in other countries it will. I don't, I don't really know, but I I just think it's interesting to have that sort of presence of mind to think of others Mm -hmm. in that way when you're sick. Cause I know that I've gone to work when I've had a cold, just thinking, well, I don't feel so bad and I can get things done. But again, I'm isolated in my office where other people don't don't necessarily come in and out or something like that. And I just wonder if that mindset is going to take hold a little bit more. I can remember going to the doctor and you I don't know if you've experienced this, but during flu season especially, they would make you put on a mask at the doctor's office sometimes while you were in the waiting room. And so I hope that is definitely something that is more common. It, it really feels like as a overall society, somehow masks got politicized, even though it's not a political statement. It's more of a humanity statement. But yeah, I, I can see myself, you know, all of our masks are washable. I'm not going to be throwing them out anytime soon. And there could be various reasons that, that we use them in the future. But I certainly would, would definitely use them moving forward if I felt like there was anything that I could spread. I will say I'm a I'm a huge proponent of masking. This is from my own personal experience. I was gonna say you've you've seen it work for you. So. I have, I have. I've had to quarantine twice, mm-hmm. and the first time it was a little bit worrisome because I just you just don't know, and you're you're looking at a timeline, and you're going, okay, when was I with this person? Mm-hmm. Were we far enough apart, even though we both had masks on? Right. How was this going to play out? And so all these things kind of go swirling through your head. And in the end, with the first situation, obviously everything turned out fine. And then it happened. Another thing happened again. And I was like, what's happening? But then, you know what? In my head, the thing that kept me calm and feeling like this isn't going to turn into a disaster was because I knew I had my mask on and I kept my distance. And so I have very high confidence in masking. Well, and we're very lucky here in the New River Valley that our task force has helped get out so much good information. You didn't really even have to look for it very hard. Um, to, to be able to see what you're supposed to be doing and providing really great guidance. So huge shout out to them for really keeping us as a community safe 
And also, you know, we are not always in the forefront of things in the Commonwealth of Virginia, but um, we have really been crushing it on both the testing setup and now the vaccination setup. The New River Valley has come together and just cooperated for the good of the community in such a... um, a touching way but also in like an efficient way like you know it just makes you pretty comforted um by knowing that there's people out there who are looking out for us yeah yeah and they're trying they're all trying to do the right thing for the good of the community and that isn't that kind of what we're known for the good of the community yeah no i think they've been crushing it and um if you needed to see anything inspirational, whether it was the testing and now with the vaccination, the efficiency, the thankful people. I don't know if you've had an experience, but um, I work with someone who their grandparents are in the 75 and up category and they just they just want to they want to call. They want to email. They want to send letters. They want to send cupcakes. They just Aww. they're like, wow, they are doing <laughs> such a great job out there. So that's been You know, another thing that I would say has been a highlight is to see how the many governments, the many entities are working together. It's pretty awesome. So we just wanted to say we're not trying to make light of the severity of the pandemic. Obviously, it's been a very challenging, difficult time for a lot of us. And we've we've all have known folks who have gone through COVID and have been able to get past it, which is fantastic. We've also known folks who haven't, which we hate. I mean, we just hate it. But in the end, the good thing is, is that we have our community around us to rally around us. And there is a light at the end of this tunnel. We have vaccines that are coming that can certainly help us. I think it can be a positive outlook that's that's ahead as long as we all keep our heads in the game and not drop the ball with the preventative measures that we've done so far yeah I think as a community we've really been holding each other accountable and I can't imagine of all the places that I've lived before I'm so glad that we experienced just the awkwardness that we have here in the New River Valley because it's been something that helped helped us deal with things a little bit better this pretty amazing community we have that's so true so we'll wrap it up on that note um, for this edition of exit 118 yep get out there and follow us on twitter at exit 118 underscore nrv and while you're at it we would love for you to add some comments to our podcast on soundcloud so join the conversation there and in the meantime we hope all our listeners stay safe and thanks again for spending time with us socially distanced Till next time.